1: Welcome back, everyone. We're here with the 19th episode of New Reality Collected with your host, Eric Brown, And today, we're going to cover some crazy news for the final half of this week. And, oh boy, <laughs> that last half of this week went crazy, all right. So, Scarlett Johansson, after the Black Widow movie coming out, has decided to sue Disney over a contract with her movie after the movie's was released day on day on Disney Plus. This is despite the contracts assuring her that the movie would be released exclusively in theaters. This news comes by way of Wall Street Journal that <clears throat> this comes at Wall Street Journal which reports a large part of Johansson's salaries based on the movie's box office performance in theaters. Because the movie was released on Disney Plus, sources familiar with the lawsuit say the movie's streaming cost Johansson more than 50 mil. Wow, that's a lot of money. The lawsuit reads that Disney intensely induced Marvel's breach of the agreement without justification in order to prevent Scarlett Johansson from realizing the full benefit of her bargain with Marvel. Johansson's complaint states that her representatives attempted to renegotiate a contract for Black Olympia when the movie was released on Premier Access. The suit also claims that Marvel and Disney were under sponsors of these discussions according to Wall Street Journal. And before the pandemic, they were reportedly worried that the movie would be released as a premium access title, and the access saw assurances that the movie would be a traditional release. According to an email within the lawsuit, Marvel Chief Counsel Jave, I can't pronounce his last name, reportedly told the representative Scarlett Johansson that there would need to be discussions if plans changed, as the deal is based on a series of very large box office bonuses. Me and negotiating manuals contract with actors for this variation elsewhere in movie making. It was previously reported that they, they wanted Riley to pay more than 200 million to talent whose original contracts were based on box office choices, but were changed to reflect of like the day and date streaming deals. Black Widow set a pandemic record of 80 million. They also made 60 million on Disney Plus, however, the movie qu- quickly slumped to the box office, only in the anger theaters around the country. So, yeah. Then Disney fired back in their update, The New York Times reporter Brooks Barnes has shared parts of a statement from Disney, according to Barnes, Disney gives no matter whatsoever to the lawsuit as says sad and distressing in its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. And they say that they fully complied to Miss Johnson's contract and that releasing that had significantly enhanced her ability to earn additional compensation on top of the $20 million she has received to date saying Disney has fully complied with Ms. Johansson's contract and the release on her premiere access has significantly enhanced her ability to earn additional compensation on top of the $20 million she has received to date. Okay. And then the talent agency Creative Artists Agency has issued a response to the statement which called the Actors' lawsuit sad, and distressing. In a statement, the chair, co-chairman Brian Lohr says that Disney has shamelessly and falsely accused Mr. Johansson of being insensitive to the global pandemic in an attempt to make her appear they and I know she isn't. In an attempt to widenize her success as an artist and business owner, as if there was something she should be ashamed of, Scarlett's extreme part of the work that she and all the other actors, writers, producers, and directors have done in the Marvel career team for well over a decade. So... Here's what they... So, this... Kinda does explain why Disney didn't release Black Widow in theaters when they were planning to in December or in September, and then they delayed it for an entire year because they could have just done what they did with Mulan and just released as a Premier Access movie. So clearly, I think Scarlett Johansson had something to do with it, and there was a probably an attempt to work things out, but you know. Um, <laughs> this is Disney, they could get away with it in their eyes. <laughs> Even Marvel's Kevin Feige is reportedly angry and embarrassed at Disney over Scarlett Johansson's lawsuit. So, Kevin Feige apparently lobbied Disney to keep a Black Widow theatrical only, reasons, only to, not, to not upset Johansson. Feige is a company man and prone to corporate showdowns or shouting matches, but I'm told he's angry and embarrassed. He lobbied against Disney's day-to-day plan for Black Widow, preferring the big screen exclusivity, and not wanting to upset his talent. That (laughs) schnitt hit the fan, the movie star, Titan King, and Johansson's team threatened litigation. He tried to get Disney to make things right with her. So, yeah, Kevin Feige is mad, and um, now I'm worried that Disney might take action with this against him as, as, as an attack, and, yeah, this sounds bad all around, like Kevin Feige helped create this MCU stuff, and, well, yeah, this is not looking good, like, at all. Uh, they might need to think of something here. They have to come to a compromise here. They should at least give her a portion of the money, I, I think, if that's part of her contract. Like, I don't know how lawsuits like this are going to work. But as the world continues to change and evolve in the wake of the pandemic, I get the feeling we're going to have more debates about this in the coming months and years. i mean, like, I wouldn't be surprised since this has also been a subject regarding Dune because they were hoping to have a theatrical only release for franchise potential and the director didn't want it to be a theater, or didn't want it to be on streaming, because they know people would not go on streaming, Because would go to streaming more than than just pay a ticket to see in theater. so if I had to take a guess, I feel like the creative should at least have some demand on this, if they can go with it. Like, he is hoping to make another movie with Dune, since it's so mass- a massive book, that he feels like it might need to make a sequel just to... Co- Finished condensing all of it, but uh, yeah, I I get the feeling this is gonna be a thing that talks for a while. So, Netflix film chief wants to release Christopher Nolan's next movie. (laughs) Oh man, uh, so according to Variety, Netflix's recent deal with Steven Spielberg's production company Albion. And has given Stewart hope that he might be able to lure Christopher Nolan to release his next movie on the platform. Even though Nolan has always been a strong advocate for Briggs' screen theatrical experience, he'll do any- everything he can to change that. If and when Nolan comes up with his new movie, it's about we can we be at home for it and what we need to make that happen, he said in the prospect of teaming up with him. He's an incredible filmmaker. I'm going to do everything I can in the business. I learned you have to have zero ego. <laughs> Bullshit i get punched and knocked down and get back up (laughs) no i don't believe that according to every other corporate entity there has to be sadly ego it's like this mandatory rule that even though in the world of corporate it would be a perfect place not to have ego power and whatnot but sadly we have it because they like to make it a requirement Spielberg officially entered the streaming wars in June when Netflix announced a recent deal with the company that will see the company produce at least two films a year for its library for an unspecific amount of years. While most of these projects will only be produced by Spielberg, it is possible that movies directed by the filmmaker will also land on the streaming platform. So, yeah considering Spielberg shared his his belief that original movies produced for streaming platforms should not be eligible for Oscar competition uh, I said that he did this more out of guilt (laughs) and then Nolan has also talked about how he described HBO Max about how it's the worst streaming service and I'm just like you might want to watch peacock sir then you, then we'll talk nintendo was apparently going to be part of the year this year's Olympics opening ceremony right before the event however they canceled it they canceled it they pulled out there apparently were plans to do with five nintendo tracks were removed from the ceremony it's in fact that five of the franchises include the final opening ceremony listing and you saw two tracks played each. These could have been in a backup for losing the five pieces of music close to the event. As for why, they said, as for why Nintendo pulled out, oh, provide the show's original plans. Shigeru Miyamoto reportedly traveled to Tokyo every week for me. Tower or um, Hiroshi Sagasi, uh, who was subsequently resigned, by taking controversial comments about a Japanese comedian model, model, originally given the creative director job and soon changed many of the plans. Report leading to Nintendo cutting its part to the event show before it could take place. Some of his own plans do appear to include Nintendo, including one section that suggested Lady Gaia could wear a red hat before traveling down a Mario workpipe pipe, and suggests that this may have been speculative from C rather than a firm idea for the event. Nintendo's part of the event is the only element that was seemingly lost on the way. The report also claims that one of the original ideas including an opening section involved a curious red motorbike traveling around an anime classic Neo Tokyo setting. Okay. Oh, man. It would be kind of interesting had Nintendo did all that, but, uh, yeah, that that was a thing. So, remember that Batgirl movie? Then they were looking for an actor to replace J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon? Well, they canceled that. The Oscar-winning actors already in talks with Warner Bros. at the studio looking to beef up production for 2022 which max released a Batgirl. Simmons previously played the role in Justice League and The Snyder Cut. Simmons will play the head of, P- of Gotham PD, as well as the father of Barbara Gordon, so the Height star Leslie Grace has been cast as the take the role of Batgirl, <laughs> and people were mixed about that because, yeah, and, and that led to some issues. I'm just like, like you could still have it work, like he could be married to a woman who was of uh, a uh, different ancestry and it could work and so no one goes crazy over it or they at least make the Snyder Cut canon to some extent. Anyways, especially after what happened with the Joss Whedon cut. Oh my god, when I hear those stories. Hawkeye, the Disney Plus series, will be releasing on November 24th with new episodes arriving each and every Wednesday. Yes! So, (laughs) Jeremy Renner is excited. Is anyone for Stein? for the new actress to become Kate Bishop and has been doing all he can to welcome her into the MCU. So, oh man, Kate Bishop uh, going to take on the (laughs) local, will take on the role of Hawkeye in the MCU since Jeremy Renner wants out. I'm excited for this, I'm hoping for a great series. Capcom announces record quarterly sales and profits thanks to Resident Evil Village and Monster Hunter Rise. No, I can think of another company that did some record profits only to screw people over again. Hey Vince. So, Capcom reported huge record profits. Sales were up 104.1% year over year as there stood yen money that I can't understand. So, translations I do not get. The game which released in May, Resident Evil Village, has sold over 4.5 million copies across various platforms elsewhere uh, monster hunter rise which debated in march has considered the company's financial success selling 13.3 million so thus far surpassing t- 9.2 million during the same period in the previous physical year cool remember when capcom was the worst company for a lot of gamers and then they started turning the ship around Remember when Capcom was really pissing everyone off, especially Alpha Omega Sin? Yeah, those were crazy times. We were so crazy. Like, on this DLC thing. Oh man, those. <sighs> that was the thing. Yeah, like, like um, Street Fighter Cross Tekken, that was it oh man and they try to hide it under the under the uh, fly it under the rug because mass effect 3 was getting all that controversy at the time luckily alpha mega Stin and angry joe were on the case meanwhile the south park creators are buying the landmark restaurant featured in the ser- in the show they're trying to buy the Colorado Eerie they used in the show, which first opened its doors in 1974, filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy at 11, having been showed for more than a year due to the pandemic and corporate things are ongoing. And the creators want to buy the Casa Banti, if I pronounce that right. And yeah, they want to buy it. <laughs> oh God, that's been featured on their show. So, yeah. Different career move. So according to producer of Black Adam, the upcoming DC movie with Dwayne The Rock Johnson as Black Adam. Black Adam is using new technology to make Dwayne Johnson fly. According to Collider interview with producer Haram Garcia, some new technology is going to help Johnson look to his best, saying this. There were a lot of aspects of this film that were important to us, from big dramatic storylines that we wanted to explore to make sure we were properly representing an anti-hero of Black Adam's caliber to visual effects and displaying his powers in a way we think fans will love. This is a character with amazing abilities. He has super speed, he can fly, has a world-breaking strength to name a few. Uh, he had one saga, he went ahead and went after his wife and children were killed, he went on and had a massacre story, started World War III, and proceeded to violently murder a country with men, women, and children. 52, your weekly comic series. <laughs> you know, not only going to see a new super speed just once, then it stops, this is going to be part of its arsenal, as controversy kind of abilities fall to the wayside when dealing with characters like that, but one of our many goals was to keep continuity there and push the bar in terms of how we were... how we're going to do it. For example, the technology we're using to make Blackout and Fly has never been done before. It's completely unique. It was critical for us to ensure that it felt special, authentic, and real. Uh, the director of Blackout and Jungle Cruise took that to heart, and our special effects team are Oscar winners, and we simply put them to work. Yes! I'm hoping it's good. That, that's all I'm hoping for. Like, it's Dwayne Johnson, and he's been in some blunders, and I'm hoping that things improve for him. So remember, so remember that incident, I Better Call Saul, uh, Bob Odenkirk, uh, if I, if I pronounced that last name right? Yeah, he had a heart attack, but he's in stable condition, and that he's going to be okay. Yes! So there's happiness on that front. Meanwhile, bad news for uh, AEW fans. Kenny Omega and Hangman Page is no longer set for AEW All Out, much to everyone's despair and disappointment. So The main event has been scrapped, the plan was originally planned for the PPV, but AEW has decided to change course. However, there is something else that came out there's no word on who the opponent who's cutting him i guess new opponent for all out however it was reported that he's not even going to be part of the show hey man is not part of it so it seems like it's gonna be that week he's gonna be expecting his child with his wife so or girlfriend whatever but uh yeah that's when he's gonna uh, that, that's he's gonna take a b- week off or seemingly be gone for a while and then come back and then we can build him back up and get him by full gear hopefully Meanwhile, Jeff Jarrett was released by WWE earlier this year in what was a quiet release in April. So, he's currently under a no-compete clause. Why? Oh man. There, he's already looking for other booking options, but if WWE plans to re re-sign him down the road, is currently unknown. So yeah WWE hides behind stuff uh, I mean it, it, it's not surprising honestly I'm not surprised I, I'm hoping things get better but wwe has been releasing people left and right and it's just frustrating especially when i t- went I on wrestleverse and talked about Bray wire that's going to be converted to an audio format for the podcast past a little bit later i'm hoping and unless anything comes up but yeah bad stuff all around regarding the releasing and everybody and whatnot it's just so frustrating to deal with but um we'll be back after these messages and a word from our sponsors take care back everyone let's finish this up so, we've all been hearing about CM Punk and all that stuff and AEW now no longer being subtle about it and teasing and teasing and referencing to the point that they sold out an entire arena within 12 hours. Got it. And this is the same company that thought, eh, hey, <laughs> ha, CM Punk. WWE was on the impression about CM Punk saying, oh, CM Punk hunk he's damaged goods he's clearly broken because of his run in mma that failed miserably he's not a draw like he used to be don't be ridiculous uh so we just got the report um they sold out the arena just making references about him don't be ridiculous Well, I can tell you someone who is taking the situation a little bit more serious than WWE management, but, uh, yeah. According to Matman Podcast, Adrian Zarian, uh, the partners of WWE, the network and whatnot, and television, yeah, they're they're not happy. They're kind of shocked that WWE pulled off a deal to sign Punk. And they're not necessarily wrestling fans and do understand the inner workings of wrestling promotions and or why are not trying to make a deal with Punk themselves. And WWE for their part they do not necessarily see Punk joining AEW as a big hit to their company because the the sign that he that you know he freaking that they're freaking like Okay, yes, he might be rusty in the ring. A lot of wrestlers are. Unless he pulls off a of Shawn Michaels miracle, in which case then they're screwed. But I would like to stay for the record and point this out point this out, but um You have Goldberg. You still use him, even when people say stop using him. And he's still a big draw, regardless of his stance on stuff, and using his charity card to get out of jail. Ellen oh, win title matches because of course that's the case because he gotta look them good with the kids and a lot of people will go ahead and make that meme of epic the kids. So yeah. So yes I get it. Punk hasn't wrestled since 2014. But just his name alone will be like tag my money. Wait the moment you reference him I wanna be all in, all, all in on this where they do feel they've taken a big hit is with Daniel Bryan signing for a as if Daniel Bryan has signed for AEW. They were noted on Mattman Podcast that they that there are officials who are very upset that the company lost Bryan, which rumors indicating that one of those people is in fact WWE Vince McMahon himself. Oh boy, Vince is pissed. Oh god, I can't believe it. Also, one of my buddies on, on ATW view uh, pitched how uh, Pitch this idea for for Punk's first merchandise, say, Stanford's favorite headache for CM Punk when he shows up. Okay, that that would be kind of funny, but uh, I'm pretty sure they'll piss off the tribalists. I'm like, Brian, just being rumored to have signed with AEW, has caused tribalists to harass him on Instagram, because reasons. Because loyalty is such a certified thing and that they can't make other career options because, oh, it's just impossible to imagine that. Also, there was speculation about Brock Lesnar's professional wrestling future. Stardust told yesterday following a post on the Wrestling Observer message board that claimed the Beast Incarnate has signed with a company that is not WWE. So there was speculation that yes, it was AEW. However, Mattman Pro Wrestling Podcast reported that Lesnar is not signed with AEW, saying that I can tell you right now that Lesnar is not signed. They have spoken maybe once in passing, nothing serious whatsoever. everybody that I asked, about this, they laugh. That's all I know. I can only tell you what they said to me, and I also know that Dave Meltzer said that is not true. Rock is not already signed to AEW. It does sound more like he's going back to MMA. So if that happens, the no, no, he just lost the biggest cash cow because they burned everyone else out. Because think about it, Lesnar was Vince's ultimate fetish fuel to go ahead and have him work with Roman, and then maybe, and then Bobby Lashley. I'm pretty sure he's gonna be pissed because now he's like, well, I have this title around um, over my shoulder, I. Was promised for like several years that you kept delaying and kept saying you'll promise to do my match with Lesnar. Now I'm hearing he's he's leaving. Why am I still here now? Besides this belt. That you might take off of me from Goldberg because he's whining about his right to be a superhero to the kids. So, yeah, congrats, Vance. You have probably burned several bridges with this. Meanwhile, WWE is also working on contingency plans in case of another COVID-19 lockdown, because everybody's being stupid. Oh man. They're concerned about the possibility of having to stop those touring schedules Getting notes that's that WWE are putting plans in place for a small loop of about seven cities should things need to slow down. It's not just WWE, AEW, and all the other companies saying that They have a game plan and everything. A.W. has a game plan. They have a, they can just go back to the daily plays, but for WWE, is a heavy on touring and touring that they really don't have a safe bet on. What I was told is that they are looking at seven, six to seven abilities that they could probably bounce around from things if case closed down for a little bit. They would want to be able to tour but more controlled. This is on the Dojo East side. So AW has like the dailies place, so they could just go back there. Even when people don't want to hit, but they have to understand safety and support, and then they'll just blame the COVID people who went ahead and lost their minds. But AW after the success of the arthur Ashe stadium ticket sales and probably also the united center event uh being sold out essentially ada is considering running larger capacity venues following those successes yep <laughs> oh man if they do that this is gonna be the game changing events Once again, AEW proving that there's now more of a market than ever for alternative wrestling programming, and we got people who don't like that reality. (laughs) So, yeah. Meanwhile, as AEW continues to prosper, they have TNT, and they were worried about the deathmatch style wrestling match they did with Nick Gage and just Chris Jericho. I'll talk more about the match, later down the road on Wrestleverse on my YouTube channel but uh AEW had Tony Khan informed the network about how violent the match would be ahead of time and they were presumably okay with it so yeah Uh, so TNT was clearly okay with it or else and Chris Jericho was okay with it like they asked Chris Jericho do you want to do this and they were like yeah let's do it so if they had both said no, they wouldn't have done the match. So clearly there was a, there was a lot of talk beforehand. So TNT was caught unaware of what was going on. So they knew what was planned. So they got they got the deal. So yeah, if you were what if you told people in the nineties, like remember when a. Bishop said the WCW at time couldn't do the content that the Attitude Era was doing at the time in WWF. Because WCW, because TNT War and Management wanted family friendly content. Yeah, uh, Bishop should have really went, went to the future told them, hey, uh, do you guys know you're going to be called FSP? Fuck standards and practices. Because that's what you're going to do. Because you're going to have a deathmatch for a wrestling company on TV, on national television. And they'll be like, oh. <laughs> oh man, that's kind of funny. Also, for the bad news in wrestling world, because renovations have to happen, the J- New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom January 4 Tokyo Dome event could be delayed or may not be held at all there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, renovations are taking place, as sources now today, that's WON, and that renovations could still be taking place on January 4, meaning that New Japan may not be able to hold its iconic Wrestle Kingdom events as a traditional day, or or they would have to go to a different venue. <laughs> oh, frick. Frick. Trust you. This has been going on since 1992. And renovations are now sold. Yeah, yeah, we probably can't do it. At least it's a much better. At least it's not the whole COVID crisis because we all know Japan already has enough struggles with that. But uh, yeah, it kind of sucks to hear that that your my, my marquee event might have to either be delayed or go to a different venue, which takes away a little bit of its identity that it's had for over twenty, nearly twenty years since 1992. Oh, 19 years, man. Freaking years. Meanwhile, John Laurinaitis pushed hard for Davey Boy Smith Jr.'s return to WWE. He was taking over Austin Theory in dark matches, officially backed in the fold, Smith re-signed with WWE back in April with the signing being pushed by John Laurinaitis. Okay, I'm just gonna have a problem, question, um... Let me just double check something here. So, he signed back in April. So, does Smooth have to live with the guild that he probably contributed to the firings? Thanks, Vintlaurinitis. I don't know. They probably didn't preemptively plan this. So, yeah. So before I go into a little conspiracy talk, uh, let's move on. AEW has filed trademarks for the King of Hearts. And people might know uh, who was once called the King of Hearts. The nickname for Owen Hart upon him winning the King of the Ring in 94. They're gonna do it, aren't they? They're gonna honor Owen Hart. Do they have a talk with Martha? Martha! Over this because Martha will never work with WWE because. They were murderous, negligent idiots that day because they knew, oh, we, we have faulty equipment. We could, oh, don't worry. We could do it. And Vince didn't even test it, even though if this was someone else more important in Vince's worldview, he would have done it for them. Or if it was a mainstream celebrity doing it, he would have done it. But it's Owen Hart. And the fact that Owen Hart didn't test it is problematic. But, like, they should have told him, yes, we're testing it. And we'll take all the safety precautions. But we're going to be cut, cutting cheap on that. So... Yeah, and A.W., and Chris Jarvis said he's been wanting to do an honoring of Owen Hart and, you know, if you got to the Dark Side of the Ring, probably bad timing to say that, but still, uh... It does it is depressing when we remember what happened on that fateful day and I feel more sorry for the people who were actually there and the family that were affected by it. And WWE's clear negligence and the uh, how they talked afterwards and resumed the show because this is a literal crime scene. I mean, I mean like let's be real. Um, when Vince goes on a press conference and says, Well first of all, I resent the toad, I resent the sarcasm. And I'm just like, can someone just go up there and just hit him? It just if, if someone just goes up to him and just socks him in the face, would you all promise me he would not only cry, but it will hurt? At this point, we're, we're reaching a point where someone has to do some revenge in his behavior. Like if it was this bad back in 99 especially how they did lawsuits after martha attacked them over how they handled it which was completely justified she's a grieving grieving widow who just lost her husband due to their due to their confirmed negligence and now people have kind of for forgiven martha because they were always on this idea that she was being stubborn and selfish and I was one of those people because I didn't know the full story save for what we were told and then they came out with all this and then years and then when I finally learned it I and this was before Dark Side of the Ring aired, but I was like, Yeah, I totally get why you don't want don't wanna immoralize him in the Hall of Fame because you're basically glorifying what happened to him in the company that got him killed. So enough of with the depression stuff, let's move on to more depression. Several WWE talent, Fightful, were backed by Fightful Select. Fightful spoke with nearly 20 individuals across the roster and company staff in the fallout of Wyatt's release, many of whom don't believe that the release was budget cut, as explained to them. Wyatt's standing as a prominent mover of merchandise was cited evidence that budget cut explanation doesn't make any sense, Those sources feel there had to be more than just big money saving there. Several longtime sawers said that they don't feel like their jobs are safe any longer, despite of their position on the cars or prior pushes. Yeah, I can think of like several reasons why they fired Wyatt. One, he finally had enough and was becoming increasingly protective over his character and what he had done for WWE every time when they screwed him over. The second reason, if I had to guess, they did go the mental route. Well, can't, we can't trust him and if anything happens to him, we'll be blamed, so, we, so we'll just get rid of him and all claim, well, claim denial. And Nick Khan probably was like that thought process and this was a Nick Khan move. So, yeah. So, as we continue our depressing look into the world of how humanity sucks, uh, let's move on to more hopeful stuff in the world of comics. Miracle Molly and The Gardener gets Batman Secret Files in October, part of the Fear State event and part of what was revealed to be a Fear State Eight Saga hardcover, which would collect Batman's 112, 2117, 117, Secret Files, gardener Peacekeeper, Miracle Molly, fierce State Alpha One, and Omega uh, Omega Number One. So, yeah, I'm hoping they collect more into this because this is a big crossover with the rest of the Bat Family. So I would hope they do that as well. But I'm excited for the gardener and Miracle Molly. Like Miracle Molly looks like an interesting character. The gardener, she has a history with poison ivy, so... Yeah, we, we can see more of that, and how they used to be in a relationship during college days. So, we'll have to see where that goes. Meanwhile, in the, um... Wake of... In the wake of, uh... In the wake of what is planned down the road... Okay, uh... So <clears throat> Marvel is planning to re- make a new Punisher series with Jason Aaron as the writer. Yep. Jason Aaron is going to be the new writer for Punisher and we'll have to see where that goes because he's become a controversial name considering the um stuff that happened with the uh Trump, Trumpism stuff that happened with it, and the insurrection at the Capitol, and punisher Skull insignia seen in it, including Punisher imagery by police during the Black Lives Matter protests. yeah there is a plan to have him be written by jason aaron with probably some reinventions and if i had to guess they're probably gonna remove the logo and probably make something new which will be hard to imagine but um if i had to take a guess i don't think punisher would approve of what happened that day that, that's just me. I, I don't know much about the character save for the Netflix Daredevil series and whatnot. Meanwhile, one final piece of news to end this off at. Jock, the artist of Batman books, uh, has been revealed to be announcing a new book written by him officially. Art, artwork and written by Jock it will be Batman One Dark Night. One, a three-issue miniseries. series He's saying, with the solicitation reading, when simple GCPD escort to go sideways, Batman finds himself on the wrong end of Gotham City in the middle of a heatwave with a supervillain in tow, followed by Batman as he traverses block by block across a pitch-dark pitch Gotham City while dragging a highly difficult EMP to his permanent home at Blackgate Prison. The dark corners of Gotham City contain many surprises, and EMP plans to deliver many more shocks before the night is through. No, it's a DC Black Label book, so you know that that was gonna be. Like at this point, besides the same universe, should we just call the Black Label book DC Bat Book because that's what it is at this point? It just kind of is. Like I, that's why I'm looking forward to the Wonder Woman with Phil Jimenez's art, beautiful artwork. Wonder Woman Historia, I believe, that's coming out finally in October after years of years of delays so get ready for that story so we're gonna have to see but jock said in a press release i think most readers know how much i love drawing batman so i was still by the prospect of marrying the visual take of my own storyline for batman one dark knight i wanted to tell a propulsive tight action tales set over one typical night in gotham except when a blackout strikes it's a night that very very wrong for batman i can't wait to share with everyone more with everyone soon releasing on december 7th for six dollars and 99 cents for 48 pages. So this will be lasting till February, I believe. So that's about it for all we got for news this week. For this final half of the week, I'm looking forward to seeing y'all again down the road. This was Neo Reality Collective. Let's hear my last word from our sponsors and sign out everyone with our outro. Take care.
0: Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment. NRE The Wrestleverse and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa.